Uh, but this morning, uh, it is Man Day, and it's Father's Day, and uh, I felt like it was fitting on Man Day that I should preach in something different. So, uh, <clears throat> I felt like it was, it's Man Day, come on. You know, when you, when you think about, you think about Man Day, you think about things like, you think about just manly. When you think about Superman, it's just like manly. He's big. He's strong, right? And like all of us men, to, let's just be honest. To some extent, that's what we kind of want to be. We want to think about that. I think with my kids, you know, I got three kids. I got a little girl. When my baby girl would get hurt, what would I do? Oh, sweetie, it's okay. You know, I'm rubbing. I'm holding her. I'm wiping. When my boys like rub dirt in it, you're fine. Like, like just be tough. Be strong. Get over it. You don't need to cry. You'll be fine, Right? Like, this is how we are, because as men, there's just something inside of us that wants to be strong. We want to be tough. That's, that's what we want for us. But the reality is, uh, when we think about life and we think about trying to be tough, we're not always as tough as we like to act we are, right? As men, we put the shirt on, and we act like we're supermen, but most of the time, that's not how we feel inside. A lot of the time, we feel anything but super. We, we feel at times like failures. At times we feel like we're struggling. Like if people really knew what was going on in my life, they wouldn't think as highly of me as maybe they do right now. This is what can go on in the mind of a man. I don't know about you, but there's times in life where, where, where things don't go the way that we planned. You know, we had a great plan for our lives, but things just didn't go that way, right? Or maybe we mess up somewhere, we make a mistake somewhere. I don't know where it happens. Maybe it happens in our homes. It happens in our relationships with our spouse, with our kids, with parents, with friends. There are times as men where we, we just kind of mess things up a bit, right? Or there's other times where things don't work out the way you want to financially. You ever been there? Things just say, you, you had a plan. Things were worked out, but like suddenly things fell apart a little bit, and you're struggling financially. Or there's times in our career or career, like we're, things are, I, got, I know what I'm doing, and suddenly we find ourselves getting a pink slip. Suddenly we find ourselves without a job, or, or, or things just aren't working out the way we want it, and, and it can be hard as men. There's times where this happens to us spiritually as men. We come, we show up on Sunday, we got our Bible, we look like we got it together, we put our suit on, we feel good, but the reality is we know on the inside that we're not as strong as we'd like to make people think we are. We aren't as tough as we'd like people to think we are, you know? A lot of times we're walking around with our, our Superman t-shirts on, but we don't really feel super, all right? So what's the answer for us? Uh, what, what are we going to do in this circumstance? Uh, I would love to tell all the young men in this room, you know what? All these men out here, we just, we just act tough. We just grit our teeth and everything's okay, you know? There's times where I could, I could tell you, you know what, just fake it. Fake it till you make it. You heard that before? Just fake it till you make it. We just act, act like we got our stuff together even though we don't have all of our stuff together. We can act that way. But I think on days like today, and I, I've heard it, some people walked in and said, hey, what are you going to do? You're going to really you know, hit the guy. You're going to really challenge him today? Because I think on days like today, men tend to get up in front of other men. Ah, just be tough. Be strong. You know, just stand. You'll be fine. Just keep trying, right? I think that's fine, but... I think God actually has a better word for us today. And so I'm going to share something with you that I think has transformed my life. And I think it has the potential to transform your life as a man. All right. And so uh, this message today, hear this, ladies, this message is to the men, but it's not just for the men. 
Ladies, this is a word you need to hear just as badly as the men do, all right? We're not, we're not going to stand to read, but I do want you to turn to your primary text here because we're not going to get to it for a little while. If you've got your Bibles, you can turn with me to Galatians chapter 4. Galatians chapter 4. Uh, and like I said, we're, we won't stand to read it right now because I want to get to it in a little bit. But let's pray together uh, before we get started. God, we thank you so much that you are a good father. And Lord, I pray as, as we take some time to hear from your word today, as we listen from you, God, I pray that you would speak to us. God, it wouldn't just be my words today. Uh, my words don't mean anything. It's your words to our hearts. So I pray that you would take this word and make it specific to where every single man is at today. God, I pray that they would hear your voice speaking over them, that they would hear your voice speaking right to them. I pray that in Jesus' name, everybody said Amen, amen. All right. Well, we all have expectations in life, right? Even when you're young. When you were young, you had expectations for what your life was going to be like, okay? I want you to turn to your neighbor. Take 15 seconds. Turn to your neighbor and tell him, when you were a kid, what did you want to be when you grew up, okay? Turn and tell your neighbor. All right, all right, all right. All right, all of us, we all had expectations, okay? I don't know what you want, some of you women, I don't know what you wanted to be. I know for men, I looked it up even online just to validate it. Boys want to be firefighters, they want to be athletes, and a lot of them actually want to be astronauts, okay? Like, like, let's just be real. We don't got a whole lot of astronauts in the world, okay? So we have these great expectations. We don't always, life doesn't always play out like maybe we hope or we expect, but we have these expectations for what life is gonna be like, what we're gonna dream our futures to be like. And sometimes in life, things go the way we want them to go. I think about the apostle Peter. We talked about Peter the last several weeks. Last Sunday, we talked about it. Peter was a fisherman, right? He was a fisherman. Fishermen did not have a lot of expectations for their life. Their future was pretty much set in stone. They're just going to keep being a fisherman. That's what life looks like, all right? And, and we talked about the story last week that Peter was simply doing what he did, just going through life, the monotony of life. Some of you have been there before. You're just doing what you're doing. The same day, every day is the same, right? That's what he's doing. But this guy, this rabbi walks in, and he calls him out. We talked about this last Sunday that rabbis were the person that everybody wanted connection to. Everybody wanted to be with a rabbi. And suddenly this rabbi calls Peter out. And I bet you anything immediately, expectations started in Peter's heart. Like, things are going to be different. I I've got a new opportunity, something that I've never had. But see, it goes beyond just that because Jesus comes up to this man named Peter. His name was Simon at the time. And he says, listen, Simon, I am going to call you Peter. All right? And you all know what Peter means, right? We know what Peter means? It means rock, exactly. It means the rock. Okay. Um, but, not that rock, but it means rock, okay? And, and there's this thought like, man, my life is about to get better. My, what does this mean? What does this mean that Jesus is calling me? He's calling me out. He's calling me to some higher level that I've never experienced before. And there are times where, where you get called out, you have expectations that are great, and we get to see success. See, Peter had some successes in his life. You're familiar with the story when uh, Jesus is walking on the water, right? Jesus is walking on the water. All the disciples are hanging out in a boat. Who gets out of the boat? Peter does. Peter takes two steps out of the water. He is standing on the water. 
And a lot of times we look at this story and we say, yeah, but he sunk, right? Yeah, you know what I would say if I was Peter? Two men have walked on water. I'm the only one who wasn't God, right? Like that's a good day. That's a pretty good day. He had some pretty cool things happen, right? There's another story. We talked about this several weeks ago when, when Jesus comes to his disciples. And what does he say? Hey, disciples, what's the word on the street? What are people saying about me, right? And, and they're saying, oh, you're this, you're this, you're this. And then Peter steps up. And this is a very big moment. In the book of Mark, uh, this is a moment. The entire book is actually structured around this moment in chapter 8 of Mark. And here's what Peter steps up and says this. What do you say? You are the Christ, the son of the living God. It is the great proclamation of who Jesus is. Not just saying, hey, what, it doesn't matter what everybody else says. This is who you are. It's a powerful moment. And Jesus commends Peter in this moment. And it's this triumphal moment, right? And as men, we love moments like that. We love successful moments when things are really good. When we can step back and say something like this. Look what I did. <laughs> men, don't you, you, know, you know it's like men. We love it when we did something like, boom, killed it right there, right? How many men like to mow your lawn? Any men like to mow your lawn? I love to mow my lawn. You know why? I don't accomplish a lot in life. But when I'm done with my lawn, look what I did. Right? Like I have, I've said this, I have unhealthy satisfaction when I assemble Ikea furniture. Okay? Like I know it's not hard. I know it's, but I feel good. Like there was nothing and now there's a bookshelf. Like you feel good. Like men, we love that. We love to do things that matter. We love to see things that actually matter, right? And it's those kind of moments when we kind of feel like I'm pretty super, right? I'm pretty good. But then there's other times in life, times that don't go so well. The times when we gave it our all, we worked really hard. And it didn't work out, right? Times where we fail a little bit. You see, Peter knew what that was like. This moment where he makes this proclamation about who Jesus is. He says, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. The very next set passage says, Jesus gathers all of his disciples around. And, uh, and he says, I, I want you to come around me. I, I'm going to talk to you about some stuff. And what does Jesus do? He starts telling this story like, hey, guys, here's what's going to happen. I'm going to go up to Jerusalem and then I'm going to get arrested, and then I'm going to get flogged, and then I'm going to get crucified. That's what's going to happen. And Peter, what does Peter do? If you know the story, Peter grabs Jesus, and he says, Jesus, come over here a second. Listen, you're kind of killing the buzz here. Like, you shouldn't talk about this stuff. Like, let's go back to the healing and the raising from the dead stuff. Let's not talk about the dying stuff. And in that moment, what does Jesus say to Peter? Remember, he just commended him for this great proclamation. What does he say? Away from me, Satan. That's what Jesus says to Peter. It's like, whoo-hoo, things just turned, right? Fortune's turned on a dime. You've had that happen as a man. Like, things are going well, and all of a sudden, boom, you hit a wall. I saw this video one time. Maybe it makes you think of this. Okay, this is the guy. This guy getting an award. They're giving awards away. This kid. Yeah, get your award. It's good. He's feeling good. He's strutting his stuff. Shake my hands. And boom, and down. And down. Like... That happens in life sometimes, right? You're feeling good, life's going well, and boom, you hit the ground. Like, that's just life. But this wasn't the worst story for Peter. You know the worst story. It's the night before Jesus is to be killed, and what happens? Jesus says, listen, Peter, here's what's going to happen. You're going to deny me three times before the, the rooster crows tomorrow morning. 
And what does Peter say? Nah, nah, I'm not going to do that. No, I'm with you. I'm with you to the end, Jesus. I'm yours, right? And we know the story. He gets confronted once, denies him. Confronted again, denies him. Third time by a child. Not even strong enough to, to confess that he knows the man to, to a, a child. And then when he hears this sound, he hears the rooster crow. And I love it in the book of Luke. Because he has this realization, but look what it says in the book of Luke. The Lord turned and looked straight at Peter. Right after that third time. Just think about it. Man, you know what it's like. We love to succeed. We like to accomplish things. In that moment, you want to know how broken Peter probably was? You're looking eye to eye with the man who had called you out. The man who had given you everything. The man who had, who had allowed you to walk with him for three years to, to do those. Remember that guy who plucked you out of your monotonous, you know, expectationless life. And you just denied that you even knew him. And I think for men in the room, we know this feeling. We get this feeling because there are times in life when we feel this way, when things don't go according to the plan, where you give it your all. We know it. We gave it our all, and we still come up a little bit short. We're not quite who we want to be, or maybe we mess up royally. You know what that's like sometimes as men? And I will say this. There's times where you let the people you love the most down, and you know it. You know that feeling when you've hurt someone, you've hurt one of your kids, you've hurt a spouse, you've hurt a friend, you've hurt a parent. We know that feeling. You know, these are the days when we feel like the t-shirt's a sham. Try to act like we're tough, like we got our stuff together. We feel a little bit like a failure inside. We have high expectations, but we hit the bottom. It's kind of like right now. Uh, this season right now, because I, I told you men that you should be hungry, right? I told you to come hungry, and you're still sitting there with your stomach growling, right? Ladies, bring the food in. We got hot pretzels for the men in the room right now. I told you you were supposed to come hungry this morning, okay? We're not done, and I better get a hot pretzel up here, okay? There we go. I've been waiting on this one all morning, folks. Man, you know, we might start doing this every Sunday, guys, just for fun. The men, the men start clapping. Sorry, women. <laughs> I'm good, I'm good. I got my pretzel, I'm good. You can't accuse, never accuse me that I don't give you anything, okay? Here we go, all right? You get it? Everybody got their pretzel, we're good? All right. I think we're good, nice. You're welcome, Evan. <laughs> Hey, can we give it up for the ladies who are serving us this morning? Thank you, ladies. Thank you, ladies. All right. So what do we do, men? What do we do? 
Like, what is our response to these seasons when things don't go the way we want them to go? Here's, here's what normal best case scenario is. Normally, the best case scenario is we get up and we try again. We try harder. But listen to me, men. If that's all we do, we are setting up a very vicious cycle in our lives. Okay? Here's what I mean. Here's what happens. We fail. Then we try harder. Then we try to prove ourselves how good we are by what we have done. And then we know that we're inevitably going to fail again. And then we're back at the same place of feeling like a failure again. Okay? If all we try to do is just try harder, it gets very suffocating. But the worst thing that we can do, and this is a position that maybe some of you are in this morning, the worst pace is that we, we can get to a point where we just give up, where we feel defeated. We put our tail between our legs and we say, we're not going to step in anymore. We're not going to try anymore. We're not going to do anymore. We're not doing it in our marriages with our kids. On the, like, I'm just done. I'm done. I'm a failure. That's just who I am. And we can begin to bite on the lies of the enemy because the enemy tries to get into our ear and start talking to us. The worst case scenario in that area is that we get to a point where maybe we get caught up in a sin issue. Maybe you get caught up in, in pornography. You get caught up in, in drugs and alcohol and just simply working too much, doing those kind of things. That, that's the worst case. But you know what happens for every single one of us? We start listening to the enemy that says this. You're a failure. You'll never add up. You'll never do anything of value. Why do you even try? We don't ever voice this. We don't ever tell people, but that's the thoughts that come in my mind. I know this because I talk to lots of men, and I know what goes in your minds. And guess what? I is a man, okay? And I know what goes on in my head. And I know what the enemy tries to speak to us. He tries to speak lies about who we are. He begins to question who we are, okay? You're a failure as a husband. You're a failure as a father. You're a failure as a grandfather, as a son, as a friend. And then we'll start looking around at the other guys. You ever done that before? You start looking around at other people. You may say, I'm never going to be as good as they are. I'm never going to be as smart. I'm never going to be as successful. I'm never going to be as loving. I'm never going to be as loved as that guy is. Like, those are the feelings that we can have. And the enemy will speak those over us over and over and over again. So how do we respond? What is the response? This is our big so what. If you've got your, your bulletin, I want you to turn it over and look at the backside. I've got some things I want you to get a hold of here. Here's your big so what for this morning. Whose you are trumps what you do. Whose you are trumps what you do. We get so focused as men on what we do, what we can accomplish, those opportunities we can step back and say, look what I did, right? We love to say, look what I did. And as men, we build our worth, we build our identity based on our accomplishments, based on what we can pull off, all right? And here's the deal. When things are going really well in your life, it's awesome. Okay, when things are going well in your life and you got the great job and you got the great car and everything's going, your wife thinks you're awesome, your kids think you're a superhero. Those moments, it's great, right? But hear this, it is a house of cards because at some point you are not perfect and at some point something will happen and it may not even be something you were responsible for. It may simply happen to you. 
The company you work for may go out of business and you lose your job. And if your identity is wrapped up in what you do, you are in trouble in that moment. Man, you may need to write this down, this quote right here. You are not the sum of your accomplishments. That is what you do. That is not who you are, all right? But if we mistake this, if we miss this, then we see our value only by what we can accomplish. And it's hard. I get it, men. There is value in in, in appreciating when you accomplish something. But if that is where your identity is, you are setting yourself up for failure. You are setting yourself up at some point to experience a pain that you can't overcome, okay? There is only one truth about you that never changes. That is whose you are and whose you are trumps what you do, okay? Ladies, it's true for you too. Because ladies, you struggle with this one as well because you want to you be the perfect mom, you want to be the perfect wife, you want to be the perfect this, that. You want to be the perfect friend and just everything in your life to look good. You want your Instagram feed to look so beautiful and the world thinks everything is marvelous, right? Whose you are trumps what you do. If you got your Bibles, I want you to open up to Galatians chapter 4, verse 4. And we're going to look at this passage just for a couple moments here. Galatians 4, verse 4 says this. But when the set time had fully come, God sent his son, being Jesus, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law, that we might receive adoption to sonship. There may be no better verse in scripture than that one right there. Adoption to sonship. I wasn't adopted. Some of you might be adopted, but here's what happens. Someone who has no connection, have no family connection, has nothing to offer. They got no money. They have nothing they can bring to the family except themselves. Another person steps in and says, I am taking you in to my family. Not because you're so awesome. Not because you're going to make me money. Not because you're going to perform really well for me. Simply because I want you to be my son. I want you to be my daughter. And I've known some people who have adopted children, and those children have actually caused issues in the home. You know what those parents have not done? Well, you're no longer my kid because I don't want to to adopt you anymore. No. Guess what? They walk through those challenges together because an adoption is a forever thing. This isn't like, I'm going to rent you for a while. I'm going to lease you. We'll see how things work out, and then we'll see, you know. No. You have been adopted, and all of us, men, you need to hear this. Your position, you have been adopted to sonship. You haven't been adopted to anything else. You are called a son, but it gets a little bit better than there. Let's go on from there. It says, because you are his sons, God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, the spirit who calls out Abba, Father. This word Abba is a little weird for us because we, it means father, but this is the word Jesus would use when he would refer to God. Okay? But we live in a really casual society, right? Like, to me, father seems rather formal. In the society that this was written to, that word is far more accurate to us as just daddy. And I know that's weird for some of you. Some of you men haven't had a dad in your life. Some of you men have had a rough situation with your dad. You would never call your dad daddy. That feels weird to you. 
Your dad has hurt you. He has been an image that has been painful in your life. You would, you would never, you're, you're trying to run away from the image of what your dad looks like. That's where you're at in life, if you're just honest. You're trying to be anything but what your dad is. Listen, that's not what our Heavenly Father is like. And I know it's hard, because some of us, we spend our whole lives taking our view of what our, our earthly father is like and trying to make that, that's what my heavenly, listen, your heavenly father looks nothing like it. I, I love my kids. I hope that I'm a loving father to my kids, but I guarantee you I'm still gonna mess my kids up somehow because <laughs> I'm not the perfect father. I'm not gonna say everything perfectly in every moment. There are moments where I'm not perfect. Guess what? My heavenly father is not, he's way better than I am. He's way better than that dad that you had, that dad that left you, that made you feel like you were worthless. Your heavenly father is so much better than that. And he has adopted you to sonship so that you have a position where you get to approach this God, not like, uh, you get to approach daddy. And I know it feels a little peculiar because that's not how we normally relate that's not how we perceive God, but that is the, the beautiful part of the gospel is that you haven't been invited in to just simply be a worker. You've been invited in as a son. You get to sit at the table, okay? But look at where it goes on. Verse 7, you are no longer a slave, but God's child. And since you are his child, God has made you also an heir. There's benefits that come with being a son. There are privileges that come with being a son. Listen, there's other kids. I love, I love all your kids, but guess what? Your kids don't get what my sons get. There are privileges to being my son. I, I, I don't really care what they do. There are things that my kids can do to make me mad, and there can be things that my kids can do to make me happy. But at the end of the day, they're still my kids, and I care about them that way. And as men, we get so wrapped up in, I got to perform, I got to perform. Like you said, we're not slaves of God. It's not like make sure you perform really good for God and then maybe he'll let you be a son. No, he says, I've adopted you before you brought anything to the table, before you had anything to give me. And men, I know we want to perform, we want to perform. Hear this, you are a son of God no matter what you do. If you have submitted your life to Jesus, you are the privilege of being called a son of the living God. It is the greatest title you could ever receive. There is nothing in this life that you can earn that is better than the title son of God. All right? And if there's one truth I want you to hold on to this morning, it's simply this. You are the son of a good father. You are the son of a good father. He cares about you deeply. In a world that keeps saying, strive, strive, strive. Get out, prove yourself, prove yourself, prove yourself. Get this. If you submit your life to Jesus, you get adopted. And it no longer becomes about trying to strive to be something. It's living out of who you are as a son of God. I didn't get this, really. I got this up here. I didn't get this here until I was 28 or 29 years old. So I had my first son, Levi. And in our house, uh, the bedroom was at the end of, the, his bedroom was at the end of the hall. He was probably a year or so old. And in his bedroom, I had some pictures hanging of him. 
and one of the pictures was just, it was just, you know, just a cute little baby picture, whatever. And Amber was gone with Levi. She was working, and, and I'm in the hallway. I'm just pacing and praying one morning, and I'm pacing, I'm praying, and every time I would hit the end of the hallway, I would see into his door, and I would see that picture of him. You know, and it was a cute picture, whatever, and I'm, whatever, and uh, one of the times I hit it, and I, because I'm a new dad, if you've ever been a new dad, you know what this is like. I hit, I planted my foot, and I remember, this is, I don't have a great memory, but I vividly remember this moment. I looked at the picture, and I saw it, and I had that warm, fuzzy dad moment where I just, I remember in my sentiment, I love that kid. You know, I hit it, and I turned, and it was like I hit a wall. And I never felt and sensed the, the presence and the love of God like I did in that moment. And what I felt was God say, that's how I feel about you. And it was a revelatory moment. It wasn't a, I get it in my head. Yes, God loves you. I got it. I got it in my heart because I said, oh, that's what you mean. And honestly, I dropped to my knees and I was just a ball of tears for a while. Because I, I live in a world just like you do that says, strive, 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 prove, 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 look what I did, look what I did. And unfortunately, we can take that attitude to our God. And we can try to perform for our God. We can try to perform everywhere else. Listen, if that's the life that we're living, we're caught in this cycle of perform, 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 perform. But if we can just stop, stop the madness for a second, and just rest in whose we are. Because listen, whose you are trumps what you do. Whose you are can change what you do, but it is far more important than what you do. All right? So my prayer for us men here this morning is that we would get a hold of this truth. I don't want to come to you and just beat you up and say, just try, be better, guys. Just be better. No. I want you to rest in something that can never be taken from you. I want you to rest in something that, that can transform the way you think about life, all right? So if you're a man, if you're 12 or older in the room and you're a man, I want you to stand up right now, okay? Across the room. All the men in the room, stand up. There you go. So uh, I've got a card that's made up for all of you. And you're going to get it handed to you on your way out the door this morning, all right? This card just simply says, it says, I am the son of a good father. On the back side, I put the reference from Galatians chapter 4 here for you, okay? And here's the challenge that I have for all of you men, all right? Is I want you to take this card this week, and I want you to put it somewhere where you are going to see it early in the morning, okay? I'll put it next to your bed, put it on the mirror in your bathroom, put it on your dash, put it wherever you need to put it, all right? And here's what I want you, I want you to read this card. I want you to read this card. And then here's the challenge, is that I want you to ask God to help you live out of your position as a son. Here's what I mean. Instead of trying to strive to attain to a level, unfortunately in our spiritual walk, this is what we try to do. I wanna be better. We struggle with the sin. I wanna try and overcome that sin. I want, to, I want to strive up to some position up here because I'm right down here. I want to try and get up to here. Here's the issue. We're going to start our days in our position. Not because we're so great. It is what we have been given because we're adopted as sons. You start your morning knowing who you are in Christ. You are a son of a good father. That is who you are. 
And your day is not an attempt to achieve that. Your day is simply living out of that position. It changes the way you think. Listen, I know for me at times in my life when I've struggled with certain sin issues, you know, I was always achieving, achieving. When I realized, why would I lower myself down to live like that when I'm a son of the Most High God? Like, why would I do that? And that's the case for every one of you. As sons of God, you have been given victory through Christ. You have been given everything you need for life and righteousness through Christ. That is what's available to you as sons. Would we step into that? Would we realize who we are in Jesus Christ and live out of that fullness? All right? That's the challenge for all of us. It's to let go of the pictures we've had of our fathers in the past. Listen, our God is not like that dad. Our God is so much better than that. Can we see him for who he is? Here's the other thing. When you live your life recognizing who you are, it sets you free for two things. One, you can approach the throne of God with authenticity. You can go to your dad and you can say, I'm struggling right now. I don't know what I'm doing right now. I'm overwhelmed right now. I don't need to try and act super. I don't have to act like I got it all together. God, I'm being real with you. I'm struggling right now. But hear this, men. The church was God's idea. And some of you right now, you're struggling right now. You walked in these doors overwhelmed by life, overwhelmed by what's going on in your world. But you haven't told another person about it. You haven't gone to another man about it. You tried to just act like you got it all together. Here's the deal. When you know who you are, you don't have to feel the need to be fake about it. You can approach another person and say, listen, I'm hurting. I'm struggling. Would you walk with me? Men, the greatest step for some of you is simply to be honest with another man. You may need to turn, look around you. Any of these men, let's be honest with one another. You got somebody in your life, reach out to them. If you need somebody to talk to, my door is open, okay? We can be here to encourage one another, to stand up, to rest in the confidence of who we are, that we are sons of the living God. And because of that, there is hope for us, all right? Man, I want to pray over you here, and I just pray a prayer of blessing over you. But ladies, I want to talk to you for just 30 seconds. Everything that I said is, is for you as well. But there's a little something in the interaction with men that I want to speak on these men's behalf, all right? Women, you have a very powerful tool resting somewhere in the middle of your face called a mouth, okay? And that mouth has the ability to either reaffirm what the world is telling these men. You better try harder. You better be harder. You better get your stuff together. You got to work that or you have the ability to affirm who they are in Christ and to build them up as men, okay? You have the choice, okay? That is up to you. And so I'm gonna challenge you women. I know sometimes us men are stupid and we do dumb things and we don't step up like we should. But hear this, just nagging a man will not solve the problem usually, okay? That usually doesn't change the man. What can is lifting him up and building him up in Christ. And as you do that, I guarantee you, you're going to see a difference in the man that's in your life, okay? And so I want to challenge you women. Affirm, okay? Build these men up. This world, men, you know it. This world likes to rip us down. Likes to tear you down. There are not a lot of pictures of men who are successful, men who are, who are good fathers and good husbands. and all. There just aren't a lot of those. 
God has made it available so we can be those men, all right? To transform our lives, all right? Let me pray. Ladies, join me as we pray over these men. God, I thank you. I thank you for men. Men who desire to serve you. Men who want to lift you up. Men who want to be used by you. Men who don't want to live like the world lives. They want to honor and glorify you. God, I thank you for that, Jesus. And God, I pray in a world where we, we have bad pictures of what a father looks like. Uh, we have messed up views of what, what a father is really like. God, I pray that we would get revelations of what you are like. That we would see you for who you are, a loving, gracious God who cares deeply about us. And God, you have adopted us as sons. I, God, I pray that this spirit of sonship would overwhelm the men in the room today. God, they would be overwhelmed by knowing whose they are. It doesn't matter what as much as whose they are, God. May they know that they are your sons. And God, may they begin to live out of that. May they be better fathers. May they be better husbands, better men, better employees, whatever it is. May they do those things better, not because they're striving for that, but because they're simply living out of the fullness of what you have purchased for them, God. God, I thank you for that, Lord Jesus. I'm going to invite the ladies to stand with us as well. And can we just take a moment across this room just to say thank you to Jesus, the fact that he has loved us, every one of us, that he cares about it. Can we just begin to speak it out, speak our praises out to God? Let's do that right now. God, we thank you. Speak it out, church. Worship him. Let's lift him up. God, we thank you. We thank you for who you are, God. We worship your name, Jesus. God, we are so grateful for what you have done for us, what you've made available for us, God. Thank you, Jesus. We praise your name.